Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Future Brew, our Michigan recruiting podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Seth Barry is out tonight and some other obligations, but we do have John Simmons per usual Maize and Brew football recruiting analyst here. John, how are you doing? Uh, it's uh, been a busy weekend for Michigan Wolverines uh, football recruiting. Uh, excited to talk about it with you, buddy. Yeah, my there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to keep track of following all these visits so let's sort it out the best we can here (laughs) I think that's a really good way to put it just sort it out as best as possible um because you know as we discussed on the podcast last week Michigan was hosting about a dozen or so prospects uh from the 2023 class for official visits and by all accounts it seems like the Wolverines knocked most of these visits out of the park um, and, and let's just dive right in because they, they knocked it out of the park so much so, in fact, that there has been a run of crystal balls on 24-7 sports uh, for several of these guys to end up committing to Michigan. So let's talk about a few of them and uh, let's just go right to the top with where really the first crystal balls started coming in. And that was for Collins Achiampong, and he is a four-star defensive end from Anaheim, California. He's 6'7", 255. The unfortunate thing is that he hasn't played football in a game setting since his freshman season, because after that year is when his football program was wiped out, disbanded due to the pandemic. So he has been 
kind of training quietly all along. He still plays basketball as well. So, you know, he is a very athletic kid. Uh, he had crystal balls come in from Sam Webb, Bryce Marich, Steve Lorenz, Steve Wiltfong, uh, Greg Biggins, who is the uh, West Coast analyst for 24-7 Sports. So I'm pretty much anybody that you would want to see a crystal ball from, put one in for Pong to wind up in Ann Arbor. Uh, they're all with a confidence level of six. So pretty high confidence level uh, for him to eventually commit to Michigan. Now, John, uh, I'll pass it to you. He has a commitment date set for July 1st, but he still has a few more visits to take. He has an official setup for Miami the weekend of June 24th. And he's also reportedly trying to visit Florida and Texas before he commits as well. But uh, as far as the tea leaves and the way that everything sounds from the interviews, um, quite honestly, I wouldn't really be surprised if he gave a silent commitment this past weekend, uh, but he is still going to take those visits um, to Miami, trying to get to Florida and Texas just to do his due diligence. But by all accounts, sounds like Michigan is firmly in the lead for him. Yeah, heading up into this visit, it seemed like Michigan was, you know, at least in his top group, maybe with like a slight edge. Um, But this visit uh, seemed to really push Michigan forward and make them the clear leaders here right now. So I think that's being reflected in all the crystal balls being put in. I think this visit just kind of confirmed it in Achien Pong's mind. Um, But yeah, like you said, he's trying to squeeze into like, midweek visits before he goes to Miami and stuff. Um, you know, he's had that July 1st commitment date for a couple of weeks now. So it's not um, unexpected to have him still wait a few weeks before announcing. But uh, if everything stays on track, um, it looks like he'll be committing to Michigan on that date. Which is just great because Mike Elston's really trying to, uh, or he's setting the bar high for the defensive line recruiting in the 23 class. They're going to need, uh, a lot of guys on the interior, along the edge. So Achim Pong is just one of a handful of guys that they're really trying to hone in on. And it, it really is unfortunate that we're not really going to have any other high school film of him um, outside of his freshman season, just because his high school had, uh, had disbanded the football program due to the coronavirus pandemic. Just that part really sucks. But uh, I, I think it's reassuring that Michigan – uh, their evaluations always hit, and he's a four-star guy, uh, regardless of not playing football in a game setting for a while. So um, with other schools uh, like USC, UC- UCLA wanting him, a lot of West Coast schools, Washington, um, like a lot of really, really high-level caliber schools want his services. So I, I think this would be a great take. I, I think uh, the ceiling is very high for him as a prospect. Let's move on to another prospect, though who also received a couple crystal balls in Michigan's favor. And that's three-star wide receiver, Frederick Moore. And he is six foot, 175 pounds from St. Louis, Missouri. He had uh, a few crystal balls come in from uh, all the Michigan insider guys. So Sam Webb, Steve Lorenz, Bryce Marriage. So Sam Webb in his report for Moore, in his crystal ball report, stated that he had a good vibe with Ron Bellamy, the wide receivers coach and seemed very comfortable on his trip. But John, like with Achiampong, Moore is still planning on taking other visits. He visited Illinois before Michigan. He has an official setup for Michigan State this upcoming weekend. So this recruitment doesn't really feel like it's completely done, 
Um, but it still seems like a positive development. I want to get your thoughts on Frederick Moore getting a few crystal balls. Cause this was quite honestly one that I didn't really see coming, uh, coming out of this weekend. Yeah. I was a bit surprised too, just, uh, because it wasn't really sure where Mich- he was on Michigan's board. You know, obviously they like him enough to get him a- on an official, but they still have some bigger targets, I think out there, but I think Bellamy really likes him a lot. And I think he'd be a take right now. Um, you know, compared to Achi Aimpong, you know, Michigan State and Illinois, I know they're both doing pretty well for the their usual standard in recruiting, but I still think Michigan just has that weight where if they, they want him, I think they can end up getting him. Um, so, you know, they may have to wait a week or two, but if they, uh, I think if they really push to get more, um, you know, he's going to end up in the class. Yeah, it seems likely. They have one receiver already committed. Samaj Morgan, the in-state three-star, he's been committed for what seems like forever. They're going to need a couple more receivers. And with the way that they're trying to build this class, I think uh, Fred- Frederick Moore would be a pretty solid addition. They're not really firmly in it, I guess, for a lot of the other like higher caliber guys. We'll see what happens with Jalen Brown, but I think that's still a long shot. And uh, the kid from Louisiana that's name is escaping me. Uh, Sheldon Sampson. Yes. Yes. Thank you, John. They're, they're kind of, in my opinion, on the outside looking in for him as well. So I think this would be a good take. Um, Obviously Michigan state's right there in it. So taking any kid away from the Spartans would be uh, a nice feather in the cap of this recruitment as well. Let's move on to Paul Mubenga, who also received a slew of crystal balls to Michigan after visiting this past weekend. He is a three-star offensive lineman got crystal balls from all the Michigan insider guys uh, for him to wind up in Ann Arbor. He is uh, an interior offensive line prospect with the ability to be like a swing tackle if you really need him to. But I I think he's more suited to play left or right guard. Uh, We'll talk about a couple center prospects later on. Uh, But he has other official visits scheduled to Texas A&M and LSU coming up in consecutive weekends. So hopefully the post-visit buzz doesn't wear off for him because it really does seem like he's really taken a liking to not only the Michigan coaching staff, but the university itself. And this is one thing I wanted to uh, bring up here, John, is that in the interview since his official visit to Michigan, he made it seem pretty clear that academics are going to play a huge role in his recruitment. And that was one of the things that he really raved about regarding Michigan. So if that's truly the case, I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan was in pole position to land him either, uh, considering the competition with the other schools definitely not being uh, as high caliber in academic status. Texas A&M, LSU, I don't want to throw any shade at these SEC schools that are after him, but I just go look at you know public universities. University of Michigan is uh, pretty much going to be at the top of any list that you look at. So it, it's kind of hard to compete with U of M uh, when it comes to academics. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself with all these guys, but I think Michigan, you know, separated themselves from the pack, but they still have to get through um, the rest of the visits that these guys have on schedule, which I think is kind of, you know, the theme, you know, in past years, they've usually tried to push for getting the last visit in the last weekend of June but this year they've kind of funneled all their guys to the two middle weeks. So I think we're kind of seeing this more where um, they get these guys up on campus early, 
and they really like to visit and, you know, may lead and get these crystal ball predictions, but they still have visits on the books that they want to take. So, you know, it's kind of tough to get to close on kids when they still have visits to other schools planned and maybe, you know, they can keep that lead throughout and, you know, get them to commit in early July. But I just think we'll have to wait, you know, a few more weeks than usual as compared to last cycles. Yeah, I think it's really setting Michigan up for a pretty big month of July as far as commitments go with Achim Pong having that July 1st date and a lot of these other kids still taking a couple official visits the last two weekends in June. I think if Michigan really is able to hang on outside of the other two weekends uh, for official visits for guys like uh, Mubenga, some of these other guys uh, that uh, crystal balls have been put in for, then yeah, I I think July is setting itself up to uh, uh, really be a big month for the Michigan football program, as far as the 23 class goes. Um, Let's talk about a prospect who picked up one crystal ball to Michigan after his visit this weekend. And that's three-star defensive lineman, Michael Gardner. And he is 6'2", 275 pounds from Peoria, Arizona. Steve Lorenz from the Michigan Insider is the one who put in that crystal ball. He has previously visited Wisconsin and Cal. And like all of these other prospects that we've talked about, John, the next two weekends, he has official visits planned. And the schools that he is going to go to are Texas and Oregon. And he reportedly, at least as far as the Michigan visit goes, really liked the presentation that Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, gave him on transforming bodies and how uh, they really set their athletes up for success on the field and how it all stems from uh, transforming your body in the weight room first. So he, um, John, he's repeatedly said uh, that he will be making his commitment, quote, this summer. So that could be tomorrow. That could be next week. That could be at the end of August. No one really knows when he's going to commit. But at the very least, he'll be making these final two official visits that he has set up with Texas and Oregon. But it's always good news to see a crystal ball roll through read the articles about him enjoying his time in Ann Arbor and just cross-referencing some of the other recruiting websites. There were other predictions put in for Gardner to wind up at Michigan too. So uh, by no means do I want to discredit uh, the other recruiting sites, but as you probably know, listening to a future brew and and reading our uh, articles on maizeandbrew.com, we really go off 24 seven sports most of the time, at least 99% of the time. So um Really good to see uh, Lorenz put in this crystal ball for him and just cross-referencing some of those other uh, predictions from other recruiting experts across the industry uh, makes me feel a little bit more confident about Gardner uh, coming into or coming out of this weekend uh, after his visit. Yeah, this one was a bit of a surprise to me just because I think Michigan kind of got in on him later than most. Um, you know, obviously he had high interest to schedule of a visit that soon, but I think it seemed like they're still building the relationships, but I think he was really impressed on his visit. I would just, you know, look out for that Oregon visit coming up. You know, he's more of a West coast kid. And as said, I think Oregon was his dream school before. So, you know, them getting the last visit is going to be a a tough one. So we'll see if Michigan can maintain that lead. Yeah. Oddly enough, it seems like Michigan's, battling Oregon for a pretty decent amount of prospects in this recruiting cycle, which 
most of the time, you know, for the West Coast guys mainly, they'll they'll battle it out with, you know, for one or two prospects maybe. But I don't know. It, this, the school Oregon just keeps coming up over and over again, it seems like. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, what, what ends up happening with Oregon, um, you know, and, and they're battling for – uh, with Michigan for Dante Moore as well. So, um, you know, keep keep your eye out for Oregon. They could be a, a sneaky thorn in the side of Michigan for this recruiting class. We'll certainly see. Um, let's move on to the final prospect here. And he, this prospect also received just one crystal ball to Michigan. And oddly enough, it was from the Texas insider on 24-7 Sports. His name is Hudson Standish. And this is from, uh, for three-star tight end, Chico Holt. Uh, who's quietly kind of become a top target over the last month or so. He's 6'5", 220. He's from Houston, Texas, was offered by Grant Newsom and Michigan just last month. So to get the offer, schedule an official visit that quick, usually pretty telling about how interested the prospect is in the school. He visited Northwestern back in May and then Cal the weekend before his trip to Ann Arbor. So as of now... He doesn't have any other visits planned out. So this one could be wrapped up pretty quick if all goes right. John, I'll pass it back to you, man. Um, It really seems more likely that this uh, Texas insider caught wind that Texas's staff isn't necessarily making Holt a top priority on their board, hence the the, uh, crystal ball to Michigan. Um, And I did see earlier today, and I'm sorry, I don't have the prospect's name right in front of me, but... I did see a tight end commit to Texas earlier today. Now, I don't know if he's going to actually play tight end or be like a left tackle, like tight end converted to offensive lineman situation, because I did see he was 6'7". That's a very tall tight end. But still, um, the fact that uh, Chico Holt doesn't have any other visits set up, I would say that's a good sign. And I really feel like Michigan can close on him uh, if they want to uh, within the next, I don't know, by the end of the week, perhaps. Yeah, I was going to say even with his visits to other schools, um, Texas was probably going to be the one that was the biggest contender here. But them taking the tight end today, I think, either means they heard that Holt was going to end up committing to Michigan or they didn't uh, have him as highly on their board. So um, either way, I think it works out in Michigan's favor and it kind of clears the path for Holt to end up choosing uh, Michigan. Yeah, and tight end, it's, you know, it's one of those positions for me, John, and and I might undervalue the position a little bit. I don't think you necessarily need a high-end caliber guy uh, to to excel on the football field, even Eric All. I mean, he was a four-star guy, but he wasn't super recruited. You know, he was from Ohio, wasn't recruited by Ohio State really at all, and he's found success at Michigan. Luke Schoonmaker was barely recruited. Uh, out of high school as a as a three-star. Uh, Sean McCune was a three-star. I mean, all these tight ends that they've pretty much been taken aren't really that highly ranked. So if you look at Chico Holt's ranking, he's somewhere, you know, in the 800s or, you know, something along those lines. I think he's like high 800s. Uh, he's a 878 on the composite right now. So I, I wouldn't really look at the ranking and be overly concerned that, you know, Michigan's taken – uh, another really uh, lowly regarded tight end. I, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I, their tight end evaluations have been pretty good. And uh, the, the tight end position is just loaded anyways. So 
if Chico Holt ends up being the only tight end in the class, John, I wouldn't be like too upset about that. And as long as you've got a lot of other skill players and uh, you know, whether it be a mix of running back or wide receiver, or you got a ton of really good receivers and a good quality running back, like it, it shouldn't really matter, honestly. And, and I'll tell you what, John, I did look at Chico Holt's, uh, uh, albeit it's a it's a short short video on his huddle page of his junior season highlights he did make a couple really really nice grabs and you can tell that he is not shy uh blocking anybody he is he's very stout blocking guys in the run game so i'm i'm honestly if, if michigan took him if he were the first commit out of this weekend and he's the uh lowest ranked kid in the class i wouldn't be too upset john yeah, there always seems to be late risers or hidden gems <clears throat> at the tight end position. I think just because the nature of the position, there's not a lot of high schools where your best player is going to be playing that at the high school level. So I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity for good scouting to reveal, um, you know, high quality tight end prospects that may not be reflected in the ranking. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. So again, if you're looking at rankings, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it whatsoever. Do not do not uh, sound the panic alarm by any means. Let's let's move on though. Um, you know, because we still got a few more things to talk about here. Before we get to the Victor's weekend discussion, let's chat about the only midweek official visitor coming up this week. Uh, because that that is very much a thing, and there will be a midweek visitor next week that we will likely talk about. But this visitor for the mid middle of the week this week is three-star linebacker Phil Picciotti. And Oklahoma is the main competition here. The Sooners picked up a few crystal balls after his visit to Norman the first weekend of June. Uh, he also saw uh, Nebraska this past weekend. He will be in Ann Arbor Tuesday, uh, which uh, this is the day that this podcast comes out. So Michigan's going to have some good quality one-on-one time with him. It's only going to be him. So they can completely roll out the red carpet and make it all about him. Uh, after his visit to Michigan, he's going to be officially visiting Auburn the weekend of June 24th. So Michigan's going to, in my opinion, at least, John, Michigan's really going to have to blow him away on this visit if they want any shot of landing him. And uh, John, I'll pass it back to you because linebacker is a pretty important position for Michigan in this 23 class, regardless of what happens with Raylan Wilson, even if they're able to hang on to him. Uh, I, I still think linebacker, you still probably need one or two pretty good ones uh, in this class. So what do you think Michigan needs to do to sway him away from Oklahoma and over to the Wolverines? Yeah, I don't know. This one has been um, a little kind of back and forth. You know, originally he was thought to be, pretty locked into going to Penn State, you know, being the in-state kid, but then he left the them off his, uh, you know, top uh, group of schools. So, and then all of a sudden Oklahoma kind of makes a big surge. So I'm not sure what Oklahoma is pitching him with. I mean, Dan, uh, Brent Venables has, you know, really good defenses at Clemson. So I think that's obviously very appealing to him, but Michigan – um, well, I think we'll have to, you know, show, sit down and show him uh, Minter's scheme and probably how similar or different it'll be to McDonald's last year um, and just kind of convince him that, you know, they're going to be able to keep up the defensive success that they had last year. I think the midweek uh, visit will be interesting. You know, I think it depends on the kid, um, you know, if they like having the 
one-on-one time more with the focus or they like the buzz of, you know, being around a big group of visitors. Um, but you're kind of seeing Michigan schedule these midweek visits a little bit more this year than in the past. So we'll see if that uh, helps pay off and that extra attention, um, you know, with the coaches and the players really helps out here. Yeah, this is, I, I think you put it best there, John. This is a really intriguing recruitment here because I don't know. I feel like there isn't really a whole lot of buzz around Michigan with uh, Picciotti. Um, it really seems like Oklahoma is the team to beat even after uh, his visit to Nebraska this past weekend. We'll obviously see what happens when he leaves his official visit in Ann Arbor, but this is certainly, certainly an interesting one. Cause yeah, the Penn state leaving Penn state off his top list of schools was uh, pretty mind blowing to me, honestly. I mean, it, it seemed like he was Penn state bound and then he just, completely dropped him so it really intriguing to see how this one plays out but yeah I don't know I mean Oklahoma must have really blown him away on his official visit when he went there a couple weekends ago obviously Brent Venables has a lot to offer uh, on the defensive side of the ball he's groomed a lot of really good players uh, on defense at Clemson obviously Um, we'll see what happens in Oklahoma definitely a different kind of ball that gets played over there. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really expect a whole lot to come out of this one, but I guess fingers crossed and, and we'll see what happens, but let's um, John, let's, let's move on to Victor's weekend here. And uh, obviously this is the biggest recruiting weekend in the month of June for Michigan. They're going to be even more guys visiting this weekend than there were last weekend. Uh, so just on, just like on last week's podcast, we're going to go through, and just talk about one guy each to discuss at length. Um, in the meantime, though, John is uh, going to be whipping up the entire visitors list for this weekend. So be on the lookout for that article to drop later in the week, probably Friday morning. Until then, let's get to uh, the guys that we picked out this week. And I'll start with a discussion on two prospects, actually, because they tie in together. And it's four-star offensive lineman Amir Herring and three-star offensive lineman Landon Hatchett. Now, Herring is visiting unofficially. Hatchett is visiting for his official visit. Now, the reason I want to discuss these two guys uh, is because there's kind of a conflict going on as far as who Michigan would prefer, since Sharon Moore is recruiting both of these guys to play center, uh, reportedly at least. Herring has been talked about a lot this cycle, considering he is a highly regarded kid uh, from the state of Michigan who has held the Michigan offer for a while. But reportedly, Sharon Moore hasn't really been as communicative with him over the last couple months. There was a mix-up with whether he was invited or not to the spring game. Herring didn't end up making it to the spring game, by the way. And there's just been a lack of consistent communication overall between Michigan and Herring. So much so that Steve Wilfong put in a crystal ball for Herring to land at Nebraska. Uh, But in my opinion, if Michigan wants him to be a Wolverine, he will be a Wolverine. All you got to do is just say, yeah, we want you. We're going to take you. That's, in my opinion, at least, that's all Amir Herring would need to hear. He wants to be a Michigan guy. Uh, Meanwhile, Hatchet seems to be ahead of Herring on the offensive line board. And he's quietly become a top target for Michigan at the center position. 
Now, Oregon, Texas A&M, USC, and Washington are all schools to watch out for him as well. But as far as heading into the official visit, it seems like Michigan is the team to beat for Landon Hatchett. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, John. This is a really intriguing situation. I have no clue why they wouldn't want to take Herring and just have him play guard. I think he's good enough to play either guard or center. And I, I think he's probably best suited to play guard anyways. Um, and in my opinion, it's just a really bad look to recruit an in-state guy for so long and end up not wanting him in the class at all. Uh, I just want to get your take on on these two guys, John, and this really bizarre situation going on between the two recruitments. Yeah, to me, this seems like one where um, I think the ratings on either each guy doesn't really reflect how coaching staffs think of them. You know, Herring started out as a top 100 guy when like the very first rankings for his class came out and then has kind of dropped since then and hasn't, you know, you look at the schools going after him and there's not a lot of Midwest powers, you know. You know, he has a Penn State offer, but they aren't really recruiting him. Notre Dame and Ohio State haven't offered him. Um, You know, I think, I don't think he's really kept up with the development. I think that maybe analysts thought he would, you know, after starring as an underclassman at West Bloomfield. And then meanwhile, you look at Hatchet and, you know, he's, he has this whole slate of officials set up going to like Texas A&M, Oregon, USC, you know, a lot of much bigger and more impressive schools. Um, So I just kind of think that although one's rated a four-star, one's rated a three-star, I just think that schools kind of look at Hatchet um, as the better player right now. And I think that's what Michigan thinks. They've gotten him on campus three times already. Um, You know, it's good to keep the relationships up with the local schools and uh, make sure you keep recruiting their guys, but you also want to field the best um, team of players, you know, when it's all said and done and the wins are, I think are going to help more than taking guys that you don't necessarily want just because um, they're nearby. So I think they're going to, you know, prioritize guys based on their talent. And I, I think that um, the, the ranking services haven't really, you know, been adjusted to reflect um, I think how coaches view the two prospects. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting situation. And I do agree to an extent that, You got to recruit the best players, not necessarily the best players, you know, in the state of Michigan, but yeah, just recruit whoever you think is best. And I don't know, it just seems like they've, Michigan has kind of dragged their feet a little bit in this recruitment. I think it would just be best if, if they truly aren't interested in him, just tell them, just, just say something. And obviously I think it's kind of telling that Amir Herring is taking an unofficial visit to Michigan this weekend because I feel like if he were really interested, he would have just taken it as an official uh, it, because at this point he's already seen a game. So it's, it's not like he's an out of state kid where he can come back and, and fly up for a game day atmosphere. You know, I mean, Amir Herring has been around the football program for, for a really long time. So I, I think it, if there were mutual interest on both sides, you think I would think at least that it would be an official visit, but I don't know, maybe I'm thinking, well, too much about that aspect, but certainly an intriguing situation. Um, really interested to see how it plays out. But John, um, I'll pass it back to you. Who do you want to talk about this week uh, as far as the visitors go for Victor's weekend this upcoming weekend? Because there are a ton of guys coming, man. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, 
Eno Edda, who is the four-star uh, defensive lineman from Texas. Um, you know, he's been an interesting one. Michigan's been in on him for a while. Uh, Michigan State actually has been the presumed leader. Uh, you know, they hired that uh, Brandon Jordan, I'm pretty sure his name is, the as yep. their, you know, edge rush, spe- edge rush specialist as their as one of their on-field coaches, you know, he was training a lot of NFL guys and has a lot of connections with um, these recruits, especially in Texas. Um, so he at a, is on, was on his official visit for at Michigan state last weekend. Um, but I think in recent weeks, Michigan's really surged here um, at a reportedly really, really highly uh, values academics and Stanford is another one of his top schools kind of rounding out the top three there that he's also, you know, seriously considering. Um, so I think in, in that respect, Michigan State kind of lags behind the other two schools here. And in football, Stanford kind of lags behind as of recent years. So I think Michigan's just kind of the best combination of academics and uh, football. And I think that's something that the coaches are really going to emphasize on his upcoming official visit. You know, I think, I don't think that that Michigan State official visit was really enough to uh, kind of cement him away to the Spartans. So I think Etta has, there's a real chance for Michigan to kind of nab him after Michigan State leading for a while, which I think would be great considering there's a lot of more buzz around Michigan State than uh, most years with Mel Tucker bringing, doing a really good job with recruiting and kind of raising the level that they recruit at this cycle. Um, so it'd still be nice for Michigan kind of to kind of flex their muscle and just, you know, keep a good reminder that Michigan's still above and can uh, maintain like a higher level of player on their roster. Yeah, this is, this is going to be, if they, if he ends up committing to Michigan after his official visit, um, you know, and he does have one more visit to Stanford after his uh, Michigan visit, but honestly, I mean, I, all signs point to Michigan being the clear leader here. Now all four crystal balls for Eno Etta are pointing in the direction of the Spartans, but honestly, I don't take any of those predictions um, very seriously at this point. Those were all put in back in April, and I think at this point, yeah, maybe the Spartans did lead at one point, um, but at this point, I, I would say Michigan is is probably in the driver's seat in this recruitment. I, he's a very talented player. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's six four and a half, two sixty. He's uh, one, number 124 on the composite overall, but number 58 overall on 24-7's personal rankings, um, which, which, which is just great. And pulling a kid from Texas um, away from, I mean, pretty much any other school that he could have wanted to go to. He's got offers from Alabama and Miami and Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, USC, uh, Wisconsin. I mean, he's got a lot of really good other offers, but um, this is certainly one that if he does commit to Michigan, this would be a huge win to not only take away a kid from the Spartans, but, uh, to be able to get another edge rusher on the board. Um, you know, they're going to need a lot of defensive linemen in this class. And, you know, Etta, as far as I'm concerned is uh, among the better of the prospects that they're going after in this class. So this would be a huge win, uh, if they're able to seal the deal after this official visit. So, um, and, and like you kind of mentioned, also good that uh, he didn't end up, you know, making a decision after his Michigan State visit this past weekend. Really seems like the academic uh, situation is really going to outweigh um, everything 
uh, in Michigan or Stanford's favor. Um, you know, obviously Stanford's a great, great school, not a great football program over the last few years or so. Um, but Michigan kind of gives him the best of both worlds. Great academics, uh, honestly, or obviously a, a great on the field product. Just won the Big Ten championship last year, went to the college football playoffs. So there's a lot going in the momentum here for Michigan as far as a program goes. So probably the best of both worlds there for, you know, Etta if he picks Michigan. But yeah, certainly uh, would be great to get him on board, John. Any other final thoughts about uh, his recruitment or? Any other guys that you wanted to quickly highlight before we go? Uh, no, I just think it'll be a, a big uh, weekend for those edge prospects. Um, Jason Moore will be in town. Uh, so will um, Joseph Mapoy may or may not come. They're getting that Tyler Thompson uh, prospect from North Carolina up, who's kind of lower on the board, but another intriguing high ceiling guy. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, edge talent. Jackson Howard, another top 100 guy that, you know, I just can kind of forget, but I think it's going to be a big weekend for Mike Elston, kind of like how there are a bunch of O-linemen last weekend. I think uh, Victor's weekend will be pretty heavy on the edge and defensive line. Yeah, there's so many great defensive linemen visiting this weekend for Victor's weekend. Yeah, you you kind of nailed it. it. It's going to be a really, really important weekend as far as defensive line recruiting goes. And it's going to be awesome to be able to cover and watch all of this play out. I'm, I'm really excited, and I'm sure you are too, John. So, But, yeah, that, that's all the time we got for today. Loaded podcast this week. I assume we'll have another loaded podcast next week. And uh, still got two official visit weekends to go in the month of June. So buckle in if you haven't already because we've still got a lot more to cover. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? I'm at. Uh, Simmons underscore John. Follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, I would also appreciate uh, go checking out the YouTube page. We post some of our podcasts there as well. And uh, uh, hit that subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. That would be very much appreciated. And five star reviews on all the Mason Brew podcasts. That would also be greatly appreciated. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll come at you guys with another loaded edition of Future Brew next week. Thanks a lot for listening.